Pronto. This is Learning Matters, a bridge to practice, and I'm your host, Scott Macklin, here at Studio Yara at Trinity Western University in beautiful British Columbia. Today we have with us Baba Luku, who's a Ugandan rapper, musician, producer, community youth activist, and a social entrepreneur. He's a member of the Bataka Squad, and he's the founder of the Bavubaka Foundation, which equips the youth with leadership skills. He joins us today way atop a mountain in Uganda. Babaluku, welcome. Tell me something good. Wow, what's good? Being on the continent is beautiful. You know, being in the motherland in these times, I feel like that's a beautiful blessing. You know, uh, watching the world move through everything it's moving through and finding a way to be reminded of this beauty, this infinite, you know, resources and access and the capacity to be able to do more. You know, there's nothing more beautiful than that. So that's beautiful right there. That is beauty. That's beauty in action. Hey, I want to start with, because I was listening to this this morning, I had a Black Star album spinning on on my uh, turntable and there's a lyric. It's a paradox we call reality. So keeping it real will make you a causality of abnormal normality. We're living in some pretty <laughs> abnormal times, but in some ways they are kind of normal. Um, what, what I, and what I mean about the abnormalness is that it's almost a time of exile where we're cut off from the physical connection with many of the people we, we do this work with. I just, how are things going where you're at in, in Kampala now, particularly with the work that you're doing to, you, you really work to do what I call harmonic modification work with the youth, giving them a voice, a vision, and a passion to help take their lives to the next level. Yeah, I mean, the challenges we're having uh, definitely mirror all our relatives around the globe and what they're encountering. Uh, but we, what we wanted to break uh, right off jump was the fear that was being instilled among our communities mm-hmm. uh, to not, you know, progressively think about themselves in these times. You know, so I think we caught on that early and with what was happening, with everyone being afraid to interact, being afraid to connect, you know, we wanted to make sure that we send out messages for people to still, you know, take precautions, but have great interest to figure out, figuring out new ways, you know, in this emergency period or in this epidemic period and how we can connect. So, of course, you know, as you all know, the access to Internet, you know, also, you know, brought a lot of beautiful inspiration on how to use this uh, global um, uh, digital platforms to be able to stay connected. And at the same time, you know, within our local spaces, you know, we've seen that some of the young hip hoppers have created symposiums uh, to be able to bring communities together globally, not only in their village scheme, but also with their connections around the globe. So I think that there's a beauty in um, in what we are seeing as progressive uh, learnings of the times. I don't want to call the new times because these are the times. I yeah. look at them, are they just the times? And we are adjusting accordingly to make sure that we hold ourselves accountable to still stand strong to represent the voices of our community. Um, and in that representation, it's not only through just the arts, hip hop, dance, music, but it's like my friend has this phrase, artivista. You're, you are artists, you are activists, and you're advocating for better ways of well-being. So not only do you do art, but you also do sustainable food, 
you do life skills, uh, you do health, security. There's a whole range of different activities you're involved with. Talk to me about yeah. the various roles that you get to play in your work. I mean, the various roles, uh, you know, the frontline representation of the future to come. Yep. We'll participate in the present, imagining a future that's better for all of us. So some of the work I get to do is to show our young leaders in Uganda that we are the power that needs to shift and implement what our, what our gifts and dreams are capable of in our communities. And we do that through all forms of practices or, you know, creative platforms. So whether it's music, fashion, farming, entrepreneurship, you know, design, uh, digital skills training, uh, business. You know, well, name it. You know, we try to make sure that we are giving our young people a full-on holistic conversation to tap into their potential and connect it to communities so they could thrive and strengthen the foundation of the villages, the towns, the city, or the countries they represent. You know, and so, you know, I guess that's the beauty of, you know, this many years of doing hip-hop work. It, it teaches us to be able to be accountable and responsible to our gifts, and that's by honoring our community. So it doesn't matter what we do, what we touch. You know, when we say art on a front line, that means art, you know, opening minds and hearts of young people to, you know, to push it forward or pay it forward for their community and the generation to come. So we're doing that, you know, with music as one of our foundational elements and soundtracks to the inspiration. You know, we are given a great opportunity to see the shift uh, that's being attained by young people to talk about Africa and liberation, sustainability, uh, self-reliance, you know, in these times. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit then about the ground from which this work is, is emerging. And what I mean by that, I got to spend time with you all. This is a few moons ago, but uh, mm -hmm. you took me to the source, right? And we got to go into the, the source of the Nile in many ways. And I want to see, I want to play a little game to talk about sourcing I love the I love the Psalm 98 make a mm. joyful noise you know mm -hmm. with trumpets and the sound of the horn make a joyful noise before the king before the lord and that joyful noise it's it's that Hebrew of uh, uh ruah split the ears or or coal mm. thunder talk about the noise that you all are making but really that source of that noise I mean, the, the source of the noise is centralized around healing, yeah. you know? Uh, the idea that young Africans or young Africans in the diaspora, you know, can have rooted conversations that anchor them. So it's given us the opportunity to engage in holistic practice, both spiritually and physically equipping young people with the ideas that could guide them to know where they're from, to know about their roots, and most importantly, to understand the purpose of their soul design gifts here. You know, and we, as Back to the Source family, we have a retreat we call Back to the Source, and thanks to Brother Scott, because you came out and was part of pioneering this energy, you know, of us understanding the power through our indigenous context to reclaim the land. And it has been a powerful experience to see how young leaders are brewing in every community, seeing the spirit of unity and service and bringing forth their gifts to be activators of inspiring 
empowering others to rise. And, and you know, we're back to the source family. We like to talk about the gift as the key activator of everything we do. But if we understand our gifts, we will be able to unlock the potential for our communities to rise. And so it's within the gifts that the back to the source family raises the energy to rep represent the voices of our ancestors as we count their blessings and the spirit of God that moves through us to continue doing this work. But you know, uh, the gift is where it's at. The source is our foundation. And when we know our source, we can never deplete. You know, we always know where to go back to get the refill. So this has been a powerful message that is keeping us rooted and excited about a new thread of young voices in Africa that are connected to their indigenous roots and practices. Um, before we dive in a little bit, I just I need to ask because you mentioned family. Talk to me, um, and this will be more for us. I don't know if our listeners out there will know, but how's Brother Gilbert? How's MC Flower? How's Spider? How how, how how's the fam doing? Uh, the fam is blessed, you know, regardless of its challenges. They have you know day to day life, you know trials and tribulations. But as far as the spirit of unity. We've understood that every time we come together, there's a healing that margins to give us a way forward to build each other, encourage each other, and continue to do the work. So as we speak, Brother Gilbert is, uh, of course, in uh, it was in New York uh, representing us at the, you know, at the at the UG Hip Hop Archivist uh, as a as an archivist. He was representing Uganda uh, to be a part of the first, you know, African, you know, countries, you know that that are representing hip hop culture from a historical, journalistic and photographic, you know, element. So, you know, he's out there doing that work. Uh, of course, Brother Spider has been touring around the world with a drum, uh, with a drum group, you know, whereby they're, you know, taking indigenous drums from Uganda, collaborating with uh, groups in the diaspora and finding a new way to express themselves. MC Flower is still here in Uganda, still aspiring. She's aspiring to be a filmmaker as we speak, Yeah, you know, but still rooted in her hip hop practice and always showing love in a cypher. It's good to hear about those seeds growing. Um, we also have to mention uh, Jonathan Cunningham. We had met, it may have been, maybe 10 years ago, I'm, I'm losing track. You just recently posted a, a photo on Facebook when we actually met at the Experience Music Project where you had you had just a stopover when you were flying between Uganda and back up to Vancouver. Um, a, a mutual friend of ours, Ruche from South Africa, introduced us. And basically, we had a conversation on what are you working on? What can we do to help? And we helped to um, imagine this media institute whereby youth from around Kampala would come to spend time in a center to learn the art and craft and skills of media making so they could be embedded within their own groups. And I asked you, well, we need a frame for this. We need, what's the concept that's going to put us together? And you threw the word Obumu on the table. What? Tell me, yes. Obumu, what... Explain that word, frame that word a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, when we're talking about equipping young people with skills, we must also equip them with the language necessary to power them forward. Yeah. You know, so when our brother Scott and our brother Jonathan came to Uganda, we wanted to use an indigenous word that we figured a lot of young people don't use on a day to day, but it was powerful. And that word was Obumu. You know, Obumu in the Lugandan language uh, which we call Luganda, uh, it, it signifies unity. 
togetherness, you know, the symbol of collective, you know, the collective nature in which our ancestral, you know, uh, behavior, you know, uh, expressions, you know, uh, are presented. You know, so when we took the word Obumu, you know, we literally felt that it would suit, you know, the unity that was happening between Seattle and Uganda. But to uh, you know, being surprised that this word took on its own life until today, it's a chant among not only the young leaders who are in the workshops, but the communities that got also created after our media lab. You know, so it's a powerful word. It's reclaimed. And a lot of builders in, in their communities today are using it to encourage unity and crossing over to build each other. Yeah, it's amazing to think about. You start at the source and the ripple effects from the source. We also were using this phrase, signify, testify, aboomify. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all elements that young people are still talking about today, you know, when they remember what, you know, they've come to today due to the impact of that work from that time. So let's let's talk a little bit about that role of indigeneity and and language. You talk about Luga flow and how that is so fundamentally important to youth development. Um, frame for me Luga flow. All right. Um, so Luga is a Swahili word that means languages, and uh, you know it's spelled L-U-G-H-A, Luga. You know, that's Swahili, mm -hmm. you know, but coming from Uganda, we use the L-U-G-A because we are Ubuntu, so we don't have the H in our expression. Uh, but we were inspired to use the hip hop culture to strengthen and preserve our languages. We saw that the emulative nature of the West was taking over uh, media and most of our young people were shining away from speaking their native dialects. So in that, we were driven to participate in this language preservation using hip-hop by encouraging hip-hop in native indigenous dialects or languages. Yeah. You know, and this, when it started out, a lot of people did not believe or have faith that we were relevant to be presented not only locally, but also globally. You know, which is what our work has been when we talk about hip-hop culture as Bavubuka Foundation, it has been to create vibrant indigenous native representation of hip hop culture in its authentic form from village to village and town after town, language after language, you know, to show that our young people can stand in their authenticity and serve their visions to the world to this expression of the beautiful hip hop culture. So a look of flow, you know, is definitely when you come to Uganda and you talk about hip hop culture, you will definitely quickly run into look of flow. Uh, that is something that was pioneered by my, you know, legendary hip hop crew known as Bataka Squad. Uh, me and my partner, uh, Crazy Negative, or also known as Saba Saba, and uh, of course, other individuals that were part of the crew, we were focused on seeing that we are able to power a hip hop voice from the continent that looks like our people. Yeah, and 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 when you say legendary, you're you're not selling yourself short or or boasting because you know I've spent time with you in Seattle, I've spent time with you in Vancouver, but I've also spent time with you in Kampala. And when I when you're out and about in Kampala, whether you're out in <laughs> in you know in the city or 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 in the you know more in the residential areas, you have a presence, and it's just like oh. 
you know, people, not, not, not that they're rolling out the red carpet for you by any ways, but you know, it's like, man, I'm with a rock star here. Um, <laughs> so, and I don't want to go there cause I'm not trying to blow, you know, wind down <laughs> up your skirt, but, <laughs> but talk to me. I, I'd, I'd be interested to hear, you know, how, cause the way you spend your time these days, paint for me the story about from Uganda to Eastern Canada, Western Canada, and now spending time between Kampala and Vancouver. How did that story come about? I mean, you know, uh, so my parents left Uganda uh, when I was uh, probably at around 10. Yeah. Uh, And at the age of 12, you know, being that they were missionaries and they were for the gospel, uh, there was hostility going on with churches being attacked. And they felt like there was a greater opportunity to raise their kids outside of the country while they come on the front line to do the work. Got and that's it. how we ended up migrating to Canada, you know. Uh, so at uh, age of 12, you know, they called for us to go to Canada and we moved uh, to Canada. And from there, I would definitely be open to a new way of living and a new way of understanding. Uh, but um, three years later, after my migration to Canada, actually my father deceased and being the eldest son, I was also given an opportunity to come back for the funeral. And I think that those are the things to me uh, that are paramount because they shifted my life drastically. Uh, But they gave me the opportunity to also, you know, uh, get on a journey and, and, and start, you know, not only remembering, but also finding myself. You know, so, you know, I moved on to Ontario, Canada, in a little town called Fort Erie, where I grew up. And then, you know, from Fort Erie, growing up with my mother, I also aspired to be a music producer. So that's how I ended up actually in Vancouver. I had gone to a recording arts school, you know, called British Columbia Academy uh, to pursue, uh, you know, digital uh, sound engineering, uh, music and sound engineering uh, recording. You know, and so from that program, you know, I chose to stay in Vancouver. And while I was in Vancouver, I actually ended up uh, starting uh, facing a lot of challenges that, that, that would cause me to think harder and deeper on why I was giving up on myself. But the only thing that would remind me that there was something I hadn't done was that since my father had deceased, it took me 11 years to ever step foot on the continent again. Yeah, you know, so the, the the gap of that eleven years, the only thing I would think about is a return to the continent. Now I was returning to the continent not for family, but for healing. You know, right. to feel different, to be exposed to a new understanding. Because I think eleven years had me conditioned to think that I had no other alternative to be able to heal and find myself. You know, but you know, little did I know that that quest and desire to come to the continent would set me on a journey that would change my life to the present, you know? So, and I like to honor, you know, uh, my mother uh, for praying for me and standing with me because even when I was coming, she didn't think that, you know, I was capable to maneuver the waves, you know, but here we are. And today, as I speak, every December, me and my mama on the continent doing some beautiful work with the people and celebrating life honoring our ancestors. Of course, she continues to work, you know, with the gospel community. I continue to work with the youth and we power forward, you know, a legacy of our ancestors from the great service they left in this land, 
you know, and that's something I, you know, brother Scott, when you say, when you see people show, you know, show me love, it's yeah. not just for my generation, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, my ancestors have been here doing this work and I'm just honored to follow into their footsteps and listen. Talking about footsteps, let, let, let's walk back a little bit. You know, this podcast is Learning Matters, a, a bridge to practice. I want to talk to you about um, an influential teacher that you had in your life. That could have been someone in the classroom or outside of the classroom. Who was someone who helped uh, uh, frame the steps that you're now walking in? Uh, to tell you the truth, I think uh, as I get older, my grandfather has become a very influential teacher mm-hmm. because without his teachings, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be on a continent. And he taught to experience. So the experiences he showed me when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, have given me the relevance to seek the right knowledge to serve Africa today. You know, and you know when I talk about my grandfather. He mirrors likeness with my father, you know, right. they all did incredible work here. And I cannot not look into their path or their journeys or their works and not find great lessons that anchor me today. But, you know, uh, to, to shock you, too, it's like I've also had, you know, you know, figures that I've walked into my life, you know, that have totally shaped my learning, especially with this passion of hip hop culture and indigenous, you know, representation of of, of young voices in, in, in Africa, not just Uganda, you know? So when I think about, uh, you know, there's an organization called Words Based on Life. Uh, Brother Mazi is the founder. Yeah. You know, when I met him about a decade ago, he picked me up and, 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 and was able to share with me and, and through questioning, through the desire to find out how to play a role in my life, you know? And till today, we're still doing work. And Brother Scott, I cannot forget you or leave you out. I, I learned so much from when I saw the movie before we met to when we met in the physical and to when we met in Vancouver to continue doing the work. So I think, you know, I'm blessed that, you know, God and the ancestors have availed me uh, living uh, beings that emanate the energy of truth that I could reflect in and constantly be a learning student to do the work, you know? And, you know, I, you know, I applaud, you know, such, you know, individuals. There's also the elder uh, Baba Buntu from South Africa, you know, Ebukosini Solutions. Yep. You know, he got on board that every time he was coming to Uganda, he put me on a challenge to mobilize, organize, so we can offer African-centered solutions to young leaders in East Africa. That is powerful. And that has been also a beautiful contribution to this authenticity of learning that we are pushing with young leaders in Africa to start reclaiming their neighborhoods, their villages, but from an indigenous and authentic context. What, what I appreciate about what you do as um, a teacher, um, and, it, and it's from the, the parable of, of, uh, of, of the yeast, you know, in Greek, the word yeast is Zoom, and we're on Zoom right now. So I don't know, I just needed to make that. that but, you know, least is about that, that transformation uh, uh, of yeast and dough into bread and of the seed into plants. It opens another interpretation. But with yeast... Sometimes you got to leave the yeast alone, right? You got to get out of the way. You set that table and then you get out of the way and watch the youth really grow. It's, 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 you know, you make some tasty bread. 
<laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's nice to see young people be free yeah. without worrying about contracts and things to restrict their motion to create or innovate, feeling that they can liberate themselves with the opportunities given. So talk to me a little bit. I want to shift, you know, this role of being a teacher and 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 there's this emergent sense of wanting to activate the youth's energy but when you're planning a session to, how do you go about th- that planning process do you start with goals and objectives is it a matter of who's at the table T- take me through your process a little bit i said so i'll start with the word authenticity yeah. So we should not have one time repeated again in the same way because energy doesn't move the same every time it moves. So we've honored authentic approaches, meaning that we might have a framework, but we're not restricted to that framework when we enter a community. So according to the energy of the community, we always approach our learning from a place of honoring their knowledge first. Yeah. So listening, making it a paramount pillar of our work. Our first conversation entails us listening to make sure that before we serve and share with the collective or a class or a gathering, that we are in tune with one another from whence we start to do the work. You know, and you see that when we start doing the work, it's much more an expressive, an expressive space where everyone is welcome to engage versus to be spoken at. Because we feel like when a community is given a space to engage, it definitely can control and be able to guide itself to meet its transformative point. So through such practices, of course, you could relate them to a cipher in hip hop culture, because that's where we ground most of our gatherings. You know, we we invite you over to music. We invite you over to dance. You know, we invite you over to feel good, you know, of loving yourself and letting loose and being free so you can be able to engage in discovering who you internally are so that on the outside you can radiate and emanate your true representation of self in that making your community a stronger community. Yeah, I remember. I remember hip hop under the moonlight. You know, it's like <laughs> the teaching and learning happens where the teaching and learning happens. Even if that there's no electricity, it was under the moonlight where things were happening. <laughs> I can't forget that yeah. hip hop under the moonlight. Right. Hey, hip hop <laughs> under the moonlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. um as we uh, continue to, to move forward in this conversation, talk to me about some of the current projects, both the community work, but I also want to talk about, I want to find out if you're cooking up any, any new music, because uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think we need, we need some of those contributions coming our way. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, being that about a good two years ago, uh, one of our spaces had uh, closed down. Uh, I've been on a a solo venture uh, to embark on a new mission to, you know, really fulfill why we started the work. And we started the work to offer safe spaces for young expressives to be able to create new ideas that could be painted on the walls of their communities as they so see deemed. Uh, they needed to see the community, you know, you know, grow or move forward. And um, so, you know, working and collaborating with different organizations, we've learned that, you know, it's our time to move back into our space. 
uh, just as a point of honor. So we are rallying uh, through the Bubaka Foundation to now uh, get a group of individuals together who will be uh, participating in our landscape uh, liberation. When I talk about landscape liberation, uh, this is a project that's designed to make a community self-reliant and at the same time generating resources and income whereby they don't have to depend on donor money to power their communities. Yeah. You know, so I've been heavily thinking about such an approach so we can be able to liberate our young people in a new space of safe spaces and, of course, leadership, but from a place where they themselves feel anchored to do the work. You know, um, and so, you know, that's one of my big projects uh, from a Bufubuka Foundation stance. Uh, you mentioned about the music. I've had so many friends of mine, you know, from New York, uh, Connecticut, Washington. Everyone is asking me, brother, when are you coming back to the music scene? And I think this is the season. I I've been pushing myself to, you know, move back into that centralized, you know, place to honor how I started this journey. And I think, you know, it's overdue. So I, I'm working on a few things that will bring back a musical art piece uh, to the masses who enjoyed the era of the resurrection or the Renaissance Luga flow. It will be a beautiful indigenous hip hop presentation mixed with poetry and storytelling. And of course, you know, some theatrical, you know, mixes in there, you know, but it's, 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 it's in the works and it will be coming out. Um, and then the other thing is uh, back to the source, you know, that's our heart. That's our decade worth commitment, you know, centralized around rooted conversation and encouraging healing in all our communities around Uganda, in East Africa, the whole entire continent and all our relatives globally is to continue encouraging us to journey, to reconnect, to journey, to reevaluate ourselves to journey to self-reflect so we can be able to identify the energy and the source from which we move to power the primary communities we all come from globally. I think it's important for us to share our knowledges, you know, across the spectrum. So whether you're from Brazil, whether you're from Canada, whether you're from America, whether you're from Europe, Asia, you know, you're always welcome to centralize and share with your relatives around the globe in this beautiful place of all of us honoring our journeys as indigenous people of the land. So that is really where we're sitting. Not to mention that with the archivists, we're also in the works of planning, you know, yet another beautiful hip hop exhibition and slash pioneer the building of the first hip hop museum in East Africa, you know? So yeah, we have a lot of beautiful things on our plate and we are using these opportunities to strategize and, you know, bring people together to be a part of them. So, Brother Scott, I was wondering, are you working on any music? You have any new projects dropping? I mean, you're concerned about mine. I'm interested to know what you're doing. Well, you know me, our family's been accused of being a project-based family, so there's always projects. But I, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really excited. I mean, for the first time, um, I've really been working on, on music. And, and I think this particular moment of a pandemic and self-quarantine or exile has given me the ability to push pause, to ponder, 
And right before the lockdown, I, I wrote this song and two real good friends of mine, uh, Steve and James, helped to bring that song to life. And we got to go to Joshua Tree in the desert in California. To, and our daughters actually shot a video. And as we were sitting around the campfire, we started sharing other ideas and other songs. And the idea that my friend Steve had was, well, you know, we should, we should keep, keep this work going, keep collaborating. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I thought, you know, I was finally able to check that, 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 that bucket list off, you know, that, that box, write and record a song. Okay. I did one. I feel good about it. <laughs> but during, during this pandemic, we've been sharing uh, lyrics and sonic files and we've actually compiled enough songs. We did a Kickstarter campaign. And, and, and between my two really good friends and our daughters and then sons, we've put out an album. So we're going to call the band Now Defunct. And we're putting out an 11-song album called Skills Are Handy, But Feel Is Gold. And there's a particular mm. song that my daughter wrote and it's a and it and it's a tribute to, to 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 teachers. It's critical of the system, but it gets at this line that I learned in South Africa: "Each one, teach one, reach one, we one." And then we we're able to mm. get collaborators acquired from South Africa to help put that 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 sound together. So it's been this isolated project, but we've been collaborating with folks you know, from around the globe. And so we're excited to drop that in fall. So that's a project. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a new venture for me to put out art that way, because it's, it's something that I, you know, I've been in and around music my whole mm -hmm. life and I love it, but I've never felt that I had the skills per se to reach a certain level, but through friendship, through love, collaboration, and compassion, we've actually put together something I'm, at least I'm proud of just because of the process of the work that we've gone through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait to hear some of that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm certain you, you, must, you must have a fandango or fandango, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there is a little bit of harana. There is a little, there is a little Veracruz <laughs> influence in there. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got a feature. <laughs> Got a feature. Well, we've reached the, the point of the podcast where we're going to spin the Yara wheel. You ready to give this a spin? No, spin it. Spin Here we go. It. Here we go. <laughs> Which living person do you most admire? What is it that you most dislike? When and where were you happiest? Which historical figure do you most identify with? How does your faith show up in your teaching? What is your greatest extravagance? What is your most treasured possession? Which talent would you most like to have? What is your greatest fear? Oh, it landed on, what is your greatest extravagance? Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, extravagance, my greatest extravagance. Yeah. I think love. You know, you the foundation of love. I, I overspend it. I overgive it. I overlive it. I assert myself passionately in everything I do and touch. You know, so if I was talking about what I'm really extravagant on, I'm overflowing with that love uh, that, that cures, you know, that heals, that seeks to, that seeks to see people 
you know, spirits hall. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you know, being given that opportunity, knowing that anytime, any moment you interact with someone, that energy field is bringing an energy that's healing, that's celebrating, that's encouraging, that's holding space, you know, that, and you know, that pushes one to move away knowing that they can and they're capable and that they, they can have the faith to move forward and accomplish much more than what they could feel their challenges are, you know? So I think that it's, it's, it's the love foundation, man. I, I overspend on my love, man. I'm very extravagant with that. <laughs> All right. I think you're someone who uh, not only makes huge investments, but you also have huge payouts with your love flow. So hey. not to put you on the spot, or maybe I am going to put you on the spot. Do you, <laughs> uh, do you have some, some words that you could spit out a little bit on, on your notion of a foundation of a love flow? Of a love flow, yeah. mm-hmm. love flow, love flow, love mm. flow. Mm. Mm. Um, I, th- I think you know. There's um, I say, we we'll say, feel it like it's music, feel it like it's spirits of gods that travel miles of a god in your soul. This is pure from the heart. Something like emotions you feel that makes you smile, even cry sometimes. True melodic, the poetry combined with chemistry. Words to preach and teach insight is remedy with their thoughts, action to manifestation. Perceive what I'm releasing to the form of inspiration, a message for this next generation to find a motivation to change our condition. You know, something like that. You know what chacho, I'm saying? Chacho, yeah, 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 chacho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Babaluku, hey, thank you so much for 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 taking the time. Um, always enjoy the conversation. Looking forward to when we're able to get back over to Kampala to continue the good work. And and again, you spend part of your time there. You also spend part of your time here in Vancouver, particularly doing some really good work in East Van. Well, let's take a moment yes. just to talk about that work a little bit because the what you're doing with the youth there is really, really powerful. I got to spend a little bit of time in one of your workshops and I was blown away not only by the care, the artistry, but just the the, the wisdom that they brought to these conversations. I was like, whoa. Yes, yes. I'm big up to the Afro Van Connect family. You know, that's that's the young leaders who are, you know, taking it forward. Yeah. It was always a dream to see uh, young people of African descent uh, live in dignified ways that honor them and at the same time give them space in the cities in which they dwell. You know, so we ran a program called Black Spaces and it has really evolutionized how people look at young, creative African youth or African youth from the diaspora, you know, uh, it has given us a new way to learn how to work with our allies and feel celebrated and feel connected. And it's a learning curve that continues. But if you look up Afro Van Connect in Vancouver, uh, you know, big up to, you know, Sister Day and the Brother Core, uh, the, 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 you know, the primary leaders, they're doing great influential work. Matter of fact, we have a symposium coming up tomorrow. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful space to see that we can have that love, that healing, that honors who we are and the authentic struggles and stories that we can, you know, relate to. And also at the same time that we can learn from with other individuals, bring us together, you know, so it started out as, you know, the remix cafe, you know, mind, body and soul. And definitely it has evolved into black wealth. Uh, Of course, you know, black market, 
of course, you know, uh, the black media, you know, so, you know, we're going on and, and there's, you know, of course, uh, there's, uh, very many more other ideas that are coming across, but I'm very proud of the work that these young brothers and sisters continue to do and all the tribe that supports us around, you know, showing us love, opening up venues, calling us to their spaces, to share stages, and to feel represented and loved in the, in the country that we share heritage with. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Well, we'll definitely be able to put information about that in into the show notes so that people can continue to connect <clears throat> Uh, again, Babaluka, we just want to thank you for your presence, your care, your ability to create healing spaces. We wish you and the fam there all the best of health and well-being. And just looking forward to the time where we can uh, share a Rolex together again, because that was some tasty treats. <laughs> <laughs> just had a Rolex on my way up here, you know. Yeah. And I like to big up the people in Fort Porter, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very far. I'm about five hours away from Kampala right now. Oh, yeah. And it's been a pleasure to be here. I'm sitting in the hills uh, with Crater Lakes and uh, enjoying the beauty that the continent has to offer. But it is a beautiful thing to be here and know that we could digitally connect and continue to do the work, you know. So we, 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 we definitely have to, you know, celebrate that. You know, and so in the spirit of God, with the love of my ancestors, I appreciate you, Brother Scott. Uh, thank you, you know, for always remembering your relatives on the continent. Yep. Yep. Well, here we go. We're going to continue to move forward by getting back to the source. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. Again, you've been listening to Learning Matters, a bridge to practice, and we'll be talking together again real soon. Mm-hmm.